Good evening. My name is Lasad and I'm your host. We are continuing levels of prayers, keys to ascend higher by Apostle Stephen A. Gardner. We are on chapter two entitled The Four Winds. Take some notes, jot them down, and be sure that you look up some of these scriptures that he writes down here because they're not all here. Uh, there, Some of them you need to look up. Here we go. One of the primary characteristics of the wind, once again, is the Holy Spirit. However, wind has several characteristics which are noteworthy. Wind can be destructive. Job 1.19. He doesn't have it written out written down, but I actually look it up. I looked it up. And it says, uh, verse 19, suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. This is when Job's got the news. Wind can be used as an instrument of God's discipline. Hosea 13, 15. Let's take a look at this one. And it says, Ephraim was the most fruitful of all his brothers, but the east wind, a blast from the Lord, with a, will arise in the desert and all their flowing springs will run dry and all their wells will disappear. Every precious thing they own will plunder and carry and carried away. Wind can be indicative of empty or vain speech. Job 8.2, he goes on, Job 8.2, and it says, How long will you go on like this? You sound like a blustering wind. Wind can also be a picture of false doctrine. Ephesians 4.14. Let's look it up. 4.14. I've got it. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Hmm. Just to name a few, he says, these are just to name a few. Amos 4.13, King James Version says, for lo, he that hath formeth the mountains and createth the wind and declareth unto man what is his thought that maketh the morning darkness 
and treadeth upon the high places of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. There's a creative dimension to the wind. Notice how it's a precursor for the thoughts of God being articulated or made known to man. I believe that a surge of creativity that is unprecedented and unparalleled is about to flow onto those who have partnered with the Lord and his eternal his eternal mandate of prayer. How many believe that? I believe it. I believe it. I hope you believe it. Psalms 135.7, King James Version says, he caused the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He made it lightning for the rain. He bringeth the wind out of his treasures. The wind of God is directly connected to the treasures of God. How do you like that? The ancient Hebrew perspective of God's treasures is the application of pressure on one's enemy. Another aspect of treasuries is that of God's storehouse of resources or his cache of weapons. Kings 1 Kings 19.11, Kings James Version says, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain, the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake once. And then he says here, one aspect of a mountain, one aspect of a mountain is that of idolatrous worship. Isaiah 65, 7. Look it up. God hates idolatry. He hates it with a passion and has always rendered judgment upon such activity. Pride of man is also indictative, in, indictative of a mountain as it's a picture of that which is high or loftily, lofty, lofty. Luke 3, 5 says God's movement by strong winds breaks them into pieces. May God get all the glory from this book. I hope you enjoyed this segment. I will see you on the next. God bless you. Have a good night.